Amen, 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 people of God. Please be seated. God has been good to us all. Yes, sir. And I think the fact that God has been good to us all reminds me of something uh, Brother Albert was saying, is that uh, you cannot outgive God, right? And we love him because he first loved us. And that is uh, perpetual, right? That will always be the case. It will always be us giving back to God like the song that we just sung. Um, good morning, everybody. I'm going to just let y'all know up front, I'm tired this morning, physically tired. I was uh, fighting cold symptoms all week, and uh, I believe the last of it is coming out of me, so I'm still a little under the weather. I'm not contagious, though. Um, so I'm gonna, my goal this morning is to be brief. And with that being said, all right, all right. I said that's my goal, right? <clears throat> I ain't tell y'all how long. My goal is to be brief. And I'm going to ask you guys to break your Bibles out because we're going to do a lot of reading this morning. Um, now, now, some of y'all are like me, right? Some days, when it, when it was days like this at school, when it was raining and we was, in the, we was inside the classroom and they would roll that big TV in, sometimes that was the best sleep I ever got in my life, right? I know, I, I, I'm just going to be honest, man. Some of us come to church Sunday morning and be the best sleep you ever get in your life, Right? We, met, we got up, we got dressed, we got ready, we made it, and next thing you know, we... So, if reading bores you and tires you, well, prepare for some of the best sleep you're going to get this week, right? We just sang that song, uh, Mansion, Robe, and Crown. It said, the weather there is always fair, there's sunshine day and night. And it just made me think that, you know what? As humans, we, we are fair weather a lot of times. Just listen to how we sing the song, the weather's fair, right? As if this weather isn't beautiful. Right. Amen, Eddie. Right. As if the rain isn't a blessing from God, right? right? When, when, God, when God says, I will pour out, I will open heaven and pour out a blessing, he's talking about rain. Because the people in biblical times knew how important rain was, right? You and I get to go to Safeway and Lucky's and, and Knob Hill and we get to price match, right? But... There's a different type of reliance on God when you're relying on God for him to send rain for that crop so that you can feed yourself and your family. So let's not forget how good God is even on days like this when the weather isn't fair, all right, when, the rain, when it's cold outside, right? Because y'all know how we are as humans. As soon as the sun comes out, oh, it's so hot. It's so hot. I don't want to come out. We find any reason not to come outside. Right, and we got moderate weather here in the Bay Area. Right, we rarely go over a hundred, so we should be some of the uh, most consistent people. Amen. This morning, I would like to call your attention to Luke chapter eleven, and we will start at verse twenty-seven and twenty-eight, and then we will make our way back to First Samuel chapter number fourteen, I believe. But we will start in Luke 11. I thank all the brethren who led us in service this morning. I really want to thank Bishop Stovall for his question that he asked in Bible class. See, I appreciate those type of questions, right? Because on the surface, they seem easy. And on the surface, it's like, what are you talking about? What type of question is this? This doesn't make sense. But really what it does is it sparks dialogue. It sparks thought. And it gets us thinking from multiple perspectives, right? Because it's easy to say, well, this is that, this way. And, and we love uh, definitive and concrete stances. But it's a blessing when we can have conversation, just conversation. We're not asking for anyone to agree with us, right? But understanding is always the key. With all that I getting, get an understanding. So I'm very appreciative for questions like Bishop Stovall. I'm very appreciative for dialogue in the church. I love when we are able to talk with each other. Y'all know y'all make Bible class, right? Oh, y'all didn't know that? Y'all thought it was up to us, the, the teachers and the speakers and the, and, and the lecture? Because if you're like me, I fall asleep during lecture, right? Lectures were my worst days in college. Now, when I, could, when I could get there and raise my hand and ask a question and make a comment, I could stay engaged. But if I just got to sit and listen, 
That's some of the best sleep I ever got. Luke chapter 11, verse number 27 and 28. Can you guys hear me okay? I feel like I can't, I feel like I can't hear myself. I feel like Dave Chappelle on that uh, episode. Turn my mic up. Luke 11, verse 27 and 28. We'll start there and we'll journey back to 1 Samuel chapter 14. I'm reading from the NIV this morning. <clears throat> Before Jesus makes these comments, before Jesus says these words, he tells of a parable because the people accuse Jesus of being a demon. They accuse him of being in allegiance with Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies, right? And Jesus is saying, how can a demon cast out a demon, right? Uh... If the strong man is ready and willing and awake, he can prepare and defend his house unless a stronger man comes and plunders his house. Jesus is that stronger man. So the devil may come off like he's strong, tough, big, and bad, but if you know anything about bullies, if you, if you, if you, if you bust a bully upside his head one time, right, they'll think twice again about messing with you. So, so... Jesus is the stronger man always when it comes to the devil. So Jesus is, is also telling us that, and I, I wanted to preach this this morning, but it just wasn't in my spirit. God will do amazing works in our lives and clean us up and deliver us from sin and, 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 and dirt and filth and grime. But if we don't allow our hearts to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God, then we are subjected and we are putting ourselves at worse risk. For when God comes and does magical, wonderful works by cleaning us up, and if we don't fill up with him, we are putting ourselves at risk of being in greater danger because he tells of a person who cleans their house and the demons leave that home. But the demons are always out roaming and wandering, looking for a host. They always look for a body. Demons look for a body to use like a weapon, like a gun, like a knife. Because the demon that's just roaming is, is just roaming. There's no power there. But if I can find a person, if I can find a woman, if I can find a man, a child, if I can find a human being, and take up residence. Oh, then I can go back and get the gang. I can go back and get seven more of my homies. And we can come back and we can leave you in a worse state. Because you left your house vacant, unoccupied, and empty. This is why we have to be full of the Holy Spirit, church. We have to be full of the presence of God and the word of God. Otherwise, there's no neutrality. There's no God has... I was out here in these streets and lost, and God saved me, and now I'm just here. See, Satan does his best work in this space because I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. I stopped having sex outside of marriage. I stopped lying. I stopped. But see, he, Paul said, let he that stole steal no more, but now rather let him labor working with his hands, that thing which is good. Because if I don't replace and fill it up with God's presence, then I'm open it's open season. And now the devil can come back seven times harder. See, we always tell people, oh, oh, when you get baptized, praise God. But we got to let people know that this is now the beginning of your journey. This is the beginning of your walk. Because now the devil is going to come at you seven times harder. When you was out there in them streets, the devil was like, oh, that's my folks. The devil didn't have to apply pressure because you was already on his team. But once you get on the God side... Now I got to try to get him back with me on my side. So I might not be able to do it on my own, but let me bring back seven more forces, seven more demonic forces. Because I just want to stand here idle. I just want to be a, a, a church member. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I just want to take up a pew. I just want to check a box. I just want to call myself a Christian. 
I just want to be a member of the church. And I want to, I want to find somewhere where I can just take communion on Sundays. Be careful, because the devil is on your helmet. And he's looking for idle places, empty houses, to take residence and bring in seven more wicked demons because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So now, as Jesus was saying all of that, somebody in the crowd said, it's something special about you, boy. And not only is it something special about you, but God bless your mama because for someone that special to be amongst us, had to come from someone even more special. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd just randomly blurted out, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. Now Jesus being Jesus, not wanting to take away from this moment or demean this woman, Jesus said, oh, this is a, this is a perfect point to teach. He says, Blessed rather. In other words, he doesn't dismiss what the woman is saying. He's saying, but let me tell you what's more important or what's most important. Blessed rather are those or they that hear God's word. Now, Jesus, your mama, your mama is a very special person. Mary was very special. Mary was divinely chosen by God. She is special, right? Mary got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Come on, saints. Joseph, like, uh, hold on, we ain't we we ain't got there yet. Mary was special. So this woman, this woman is acknowledging that y'all y'all know how it is. You see kids acting up, and the first thing you say, they ain't got no home training. Oh, man. See children acting very astute and wise and put together. Oh, they must have some intelligent parents, right? Because we represent where we come from. This woman says, blessed is your mother who not only gave you birth, but also nursed you. She said, yeah, that's cool. But really, those who are really blessed are those that hear the word of God. He ain't stopped there just here. So then faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the raiment word, the preached word of God. There's something powerful and special about a preached word of God, a spoken word of God. Because sometimes we read things, but me, things don't jump off of the page they do for me as if I'm hearing it or seeing it. I'm sorry, y'all. I know y'all smart, y'all intellectual and all that, right? I like watching the movie. I like watching the documentary. And then I'll go back and read, right? Y'all like reading the book. Oh, there's nothing better than a book. There's nothing better than a st- give me the Give me the visual, all right? That's why commercials exist for me. Okay, billboards exist for me. That's me. He said, blessed are they that hear the word. But it's not enough to just be a hearer. James said, don't be just a hearer. You got to hear it, conceive it, receive it. You got to wrestle with it while you're hearing it, church. Because, see, the word of God is going to mess up some of our ideologies. The word of God is going to shape, shift a lot of what we think and how we feel. When you hear the word of God, sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes it's not going to feel good. When you hear the word of God, it can prick you. It can change you. It can stir you up. It can agitate you. It can make you mad. He said, blessed rather are they that hear the word and keep it, y'all. So that means when you hear it, you retain it. 
But not only do you retain it, you apply it over and over again. No matter who's preaching, no matter who's sharing. It's not about the messenger, it's the message. So Jesus is letting that lady know, I appreciate what you said about my mama, but really what I want you to know is everybody who hears what I'm saying and keeps it and applies it are truly fortunate, meaning blessed. Y'all need more? Is that enough? Or y'all need a little more? Because look, we, we, we got we to gotta sometimes go back and look at case studies and, and past inferences and past stories just to make it stand out a little more. So y'all remember we've been talking about Saul and, 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 and God and, and how God said, Saul, I'm going to remove you and remove your lineage from this kingdom because I want a man after my own heart. And Saul started off very well, very humble. Saul started off uh, 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 in the right with God until Saul started to experience success. And he started to taste victory, Sister Stovall. And see, some of us, when we're down and out, when we're lost, when we have nothing, God is our all. God is our everything. But then as soon as we start to get a little something, as soon as we start to sniff some crumbs, as soon as we start to get success, promotions, relationships, as soon as we get a new car, as soon as we, soon as we start to elevate and move on up to the east side, we forget about God. Why? Because now we start to feel a little prideful. We start to feel a little arrogant. We start to think, I did this. This was on me. This was my hard work. This is my education paying off. This is my rite of passage. Now, Saul shows us how someone can hear the word and not keep it. Jesus said, blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. Follow me, if you will, to 1 Samuel chapter 14. And we are going to do some reading this morning. Is that all right? Now, let me give you all the backdrop while you all turn in there. In chapter 13, Saul was one year in his kingship. Y'all remember this? And one year in his kingship, he, he starts to militarize the people and they get ready for battle. And then Saul's son, Jonathan, attacks the Philistines. Y'all remember this, right? Jonathan is moving on faith, y'all. He didn't get a word from God. He's just moving on sheer faith towards God. Saul gets credit for that. Now, typically before battle, Saul would approach Samuel to hear the word. Should we move? Should we not? Samuel told Saul, seven days I'll be with you. But Samuel didn't come within that seventh day at the hour that Saul thought he would. So Saul said, you know what? Let me offer up to God a burnt offering. Now Saul is the king and the military captain, but you are not the priest. That's not your job. So because of this, Saul had acted foolishly. Now Saul could have truly repented because Samuel said, what have you done? That was your opportunity. See, that was, your, that was your chance to come clean. But he said, you know, the people were scared, so I was scared. The people were scattered, so I scattered. I was waiting on you. He, all these excuses, right? Instead of saying I was flat out wrong. So then Samuel said, well, because you've done this, and because you've done this foolishly, you will now lose your kingdom. But we know that Saul still remained king for another 25 years before David comes into his position. Saul is now really on the outs with God. But we still got a war to fight. We still got a battle to fight. So Israel goes down to Philist Philistine country and they got a 
sharpen their weapons. They got to load up their ammo, right? <sighs> Saul's son is more locked in with God than Saul. The king needs to be locked in with God. But his son is showing more faith in God than the king. So much so that Jonathan goes and attacks the Philistines. The Philistines say, oh, that's what we're doing. Load up their their armies. Now it's time to fight. God gives them the victory because he confuses the people. Y'all meet me at chapter 14, verse 1. One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armor, let's go over to the Philistine outpost to the other side. But he did not tell his father. Y'all see that? He told his armor bearer, let's go run up on the Philistines, but don't tell pops. We don't know why he didn't tell his father. Possibly he knew his father may have said no. Or maybe he just was on his own height. We don't know. But Jonathan says, let's go. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah. Some of your versions may say Saul was sitting. Saul was chilling. His son is outside, active. But the king is chilling under a pomegranate tree. With him were about 600 men, among whom Ahijah, wearing an ephod. He was the son of Ichabod's brother. I wish I had time to really break that down. But really, based upon names and understanding right here, it's showing us that God had already departed from Saul. That's Bible class stuff. He was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahutub, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one, no one was aware Jonathan left. Y'all see that? He, Jonathan said, let's go attack the Philistines. Don't tell my daddy. Nobody knows Jonathan has gone out to bust a play. On each side of the pass, Jonathan intended to cross and reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bezez, the other Sinai. One cliff stood to the north of Mishmash and the other to the south of Geba. You got to respect Jonathan's gangster right here, y'all. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised fellows. He talking tough. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Jonathan is showing faith right here. He's showing confidence in God right here. He's saying, look, if God be with us, who can be for us? He ain't really asking for a sign, but he's saying that this will be a sign when we cross over that that God is going to be with us. His homeboy say, now y'all know everybody got to have a partner like this. Everybody got to have a friend like this, Brother Hurd. I'm with it. Do all that you have in mind and go ahead. I'm with you with heart and soul. Now, unfortunately, some of us got friends like this. Right, wrong, or indifferent, Sister Stovall. I'm about to go out here and rob this bank. I'm with you. Let's go. The bottom line is you just need somebody that's going to ride with you when it's tough. But you need somebody that's going to be locked in with God. That's going to follow you because you follow God. I trust you because you trust God. So I'm going to rock with you. Jonathan said, well, come on then. We'll cross over toward the men and let them see us. If they say, wait there, wait there until we come to you, we will stay there. We'll stay where we are and not go up. But if they say, come up, we're going to climb up. That's going to be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. Both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look. The Philistines, like the Hebrews, are crawling out of the holes that they're hiding in. 
The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up and we'll teach you a lesson. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. He acted on nothing but faith, church. Jonathan climbed up using his hands, his feet, with his armor bearer right behind him. Thank you. The Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed about 20 men in an area about a half an acre. Now, God continues to give them more of the victory because later on, God shakes the ground, confuses the people, and God gives Israel the victory. Now, let's jump down to verse 24. Y'all still with me? Now, when the men of Israel were in distress that day, because they just came off of a victory, they just came after a, a, a long battle, Michelle. Now, after a long battle, they hungry. So verse 24 lets us know that the, the people were in distress because they hungry, they tired, hangry. The men of Israel were in distress because Saul had bound the people under an oath. Lord, have mercy. Here's, here's where we, we get into the good stuff, y'all. Saul had gave a word. Now, Jesus said, blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. So now it's Saul's time, Jay, to give a word. It's Saul's time to declare an oath. The people of Israel were distressed because Saul bound the people under an oath saying, Cursed be any man who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So Saul like, man, ain't nobody eating nothing until I get my payback. Now keep in mind, Jonathan told his armor bearer, let's go run up on the Philistines. But don't tell my daddy. The people don't know that Jonathan has attacked 20 Philistines before the victory. So Jonathan went ahead. The people now have conquered the Philistines, but Jonathan was not with them. His daddy, the king, y'all ain't need nothing until I get my get back. So none of the troops tasted food. The entire army entered the woods, and there was honey on the ground. Now, y'all know the worst part about being hungry is when it's food right in front of your face. You can smell it. You can see it. When they went into the woods, they saw the honey oozing out. Yet no one put his hand to his mouth because they feared the oath. See, blessed are they that hear the word. And keep it. Amen. Oh, but Jonathan had not heard that his father had bound the people with an oath. Why? Because he, he went before the people. He trusted in God. He reached out the end of his staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb. He raised his hand to his mouth and his eyes brightened. Y'all know some of y'all get excited when it's time to eat, right? Eyes get all big. You start dancing. One of the soldiers said, your father bound the army under a strict oath, saying, cursed be any man who eats food today. That's why the men are faint or tired. Jonathan said, my father has made trouble for the country. You see how my eyes got big and bright when I tasted a little bit of that honey? How much better would it be if the men had eaten today some of the plunder they took from the enemies, would not the slaughter of the Philistines be even more greater? <sighs> Y'all know it's about to get real cutthroat in a minute. Pops, don't, pops, don't, pops ain't even aware of what happened. He, had, he made an oath saying, none of y'all can eat. But now your son is eating. 
right? Jonathan, like, man, my daddy didn't messed up, y'all. Y'all know how much better we would be off if he didn't make this silly oath? Now, Jesus said, blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. Saul is now given a word, and someone has not kept it. The difference is this was a foolish word. This was a presumptuous word. This was an arrogant word. Because there's no other reason that Saul gave this command other than he said, y'all got to wait till I get my payback. Verse 31, that day after the Israelites had struck down the Philistines from Michmash to Ahijan, they were exhausted. They pounced on the plunder, took sheep, cattle, calves, and they butchered them on the ground and they ate them together with blood. So now because Saul gave such a ridiculous oath that they couldn't keep mercy, they disrespected God's word because they couldn't keep Saul's word. God said, y'all can't eat no animal in his blood. You got to spill the blood on the ground. That's unclean. That's unholy. But they so hungry that they start killing animals and eating the blood. I don't even like my steak bloody, Bishop Hurd. Y'all out here eating tartare. <laughs> steak tartare. Somebody said to Saul, look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that has blood in it. The king has his people all messed up. You have broken faith, he said. You the reason they broke the faith, homie. Then he says, roll over a large stone here at once. Go out among the men and tell them, each one of you bring your cattle, your sheep, Slaughter them here and eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with blood still in it. So now Saul is setting up stations for them to cook and eat the meat. And then he sets up an altar to praise God. Drop down to verse 37. Saul asked God, shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you give them into Israel's hands? But God did not answer him that day. So now God goes silent. Woo! Verse 41, Saul prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel, give me the right answer. Now before that happens, Saul is like, man, we got to clean this up. God ain't speaking to me right now, and I need to figure out why. Verse 38, Saul said, come here, all you leaders of the army, and let us find out what sin has been committed today. It's your fault. As surely as the Lord who rescues Israel lives, even if it lies with my son Jonathan, he must die. So now Saul is, Saul like, man, I don't know which one of y'all fumbled the bag, but even if it's my son, he got to die. Y'all see how cutthroat this is? I'm willing to kill my own son. But little does he know, it's your fault. You made this ridiculous oath, and now you just made another ridiculous oath. You about to kill your son for your mistakes? Woo. Surely as the Lord lives, who rescues Israel lives. Even if it lies with my son, Jonathan, he must die. But nobody said a word. Saul said to all the Israelites, you stand over there. Me and Jonathan are going to stand over here. Do what seems best. Saul prayed to the Lord, the God of Israel. Give me, give me the right answer. Jonathan and Saul were taken by Lot and the men were cleared. Now, I don't know how to explain Lot to y'all, but I know it's similar to dice and high and low. Amen, somebody. I, I know y'all been, I, some of y'all hit the casino, right? Some of y'all been on them corners, them East and West Oakland corners, them San Francisco Fillmore baby quarters. All we know is that 
Saul and Jonathan are the ones left. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Saul said, cast a lot between me and Jonathan, my son. And Jonathan was taken. Saul said to Jonathan, tell me what you have done. Jonathan said, I, t- I just merely tasted of the honey with the end of my staff. And now I got to die? You mean I, I got to die because I was hungry and I ate? Saul said, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if you don't die. Woo! That didn't touch none of y'all? This is son. Said, man, now you got you got to die. Based upon this oath that I shared, you got to die, son. But the men said to Saul, "Should why should why should your son Jonathan die? He who has brought about this great deliverance in Israel." The people like, nah, that ain't happening. As surely as the Lord lives. Now the hair on his head will fall to the ground. For he did this today with God's help. So the men rescued Jonathan and he was not put to death. So Saul. Saul about to get even more worse, y'all. Because he's about to be rejected as king. Let's go to the next chapter. Actually, I'm going to just finish it right here. Isn't it interesting how Saul's job was to remain obedient to the word of God? It got so bad to a point that Saul started to fill himself up with so much pride and arrogance Like we said last time, he built himself a statue before God, before the people. He was worried about his image, knowing that he was going to lose his kingdom. He was worried about maintaining his reputation instead of worrying about what God wanted. Instead of having a heart after God's heart, he's worried about the wrong stuff. God tells them, go kill the Amalekites. Don't spare anybody. Saul kills and destroys the Amalekites with God's help, and he spares the king. Samuel said, bruh, come on, bruh. Saul is like, oh, I did what God said, and I, but I spared the king. Well, now you're telling half-truths, which are whole lies. I did what he told me to do, but... The king is right here. Samuel like, man, I'm about to show you how this go. Took his head off. Saul is still standing here trying to excuse himself. Giving excuse after excuse after excuse. The people went and took that stuff. You the king. They followed after you. I was scared of the people. Saul had lost His mind. Let's go to verse 17 and I'm done. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, because when Saul first was chosen to be king, he had some insecurities. He said, man, I'm from the smallest tribe. We the the little people. He was humble. Samuel said, you are small in your own eyes. Did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. He sent you on a mission saying, go completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Now, y'all remember why God said to do that, right? Because the Amalekites were the first people to attack God's people when they came across the Red Sea. Right. Moses had to hold his, his arms up. He got tired. The people helped him hold him up. Yeah. Right. And they were victorious. The people who were doing that attack were the Amalekites. So God said, oh, I ain't forgot about you. 
I'm going to avenge my people. Go and completely destroy the wicked people, the Amalekites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Very important question here in verse 19. Samuel asked Saul, why did you not obey the Lord? Why didn't you keep his word? Because Jesus said, blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. Saul, why did you disobey God's orders and commands? I hope y'all are making your own applications. Why do we time and time again disobey God's word? Is it because I don't know God's word? I don't study God's word. I don't read God's word. I don't listen to the rhema word. Or maybe I hear it and it go in one ear and out the other. Or maybe I hear it and I don't like it because it's inconvenient. Or maybe I hear it and I don't do it because I'm smarter than God. Or maybe my way is better than God's way. Or maybe there's self-preservation because that's not going to serve. Your your word ain't going to serve me in this moment, God. I don't know what the answer is. You know that. Samuel asked him a question. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey. I went on the mission as the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and I brought back the king. So you go. Y'all remember as kids? I forget y'all was good kids. Y'all was great. I used to get in trouble and try to figure out how I could say something to say something I did that was good. Like, yeah, I got into that fight. But guess what? I went to all my classes today. Y'all know that's that kid stuff. That's that immature stuff. Yeah, I hit her. Sibling stuff. But I did good in school today. I did obey. I went on a mission and, and the soldiers took the sheep. It wasn't me, it was them. Y'all, I should do that as a kid. My teacher just don't like me. So y'all didn't say that I did. Then you get older and I start sitting in the classroom with these kids and my teacher don't like me. Yeah, I said that same thing too. It ain't the teacher, it's you. The soldiers took the sheep and the cattle and the vessel of what, got, what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. But Samuel saw, this what, this what I'm gonna leave y'all with. I'm gonna leave y'all with this. Look at Pat right there smiling. Good to see you, Pat. I'm about to give y'all some free game right here. It's the word. Samuel said, this is human nature right here. When we, uh, I remember when we was kids, Charles, and I would want to go to Great America with my friends in the summertime. But I didn't have no money. So who did I have to ask? My parents. So when it was time to go to Great America, before I asked, you know what I would do, Brother Hurd? Let me go start cleaning up. <laughs> Let me go start wiping stuff down that ain't nobody paid no attention to. Don't nobody look at the bottom of the bottle. So let me start getting busy and start getting active. Let me start doing stuff that, that just all kind of just. So now I think I can work and earn. I think I can, I can, I think I can make up for my bad behavior. Y'all don't hear me though. Let me figure out, let me, let me go, let me go. Oh, I got those groceries, let me grab that. But half the time I gotta be called three, four times. And then I'm, ugh, life's so hard, right? The point is this, and I'm done, I promise you. We do bad behavior, 
and then we try to make up for it with good behavior. I ain't the only one. In our adult age, we do foolishness, we do bad, we do wrong, we do evil, we disobey God. And then you know what? Let me come to church this Sunday on time. Matter of fact, let me come to Bible study early. Let me stay for the whole day. Let me bring my Bible. Let me bring my good Bible with my name stitched on it. Matter of fact, let me get on my knees when I pray this time. Let me really pray to God. Let me prostrate myself. Let me get on my knees in my face. Because I really ain't been locked in with God. But you know what? I got to show God I can do good. And we raise children this way, right? Even when it comes to this holiday, you better watch out. You better be... Santa's watching you, right? He's going to find out if you're naughty or nice. And if you've been good, you're going to get a gift. So we think God is that same way. If I'm good, he's going to bless me. If I'm a good old Christian and I read my Bible this week and I read my devotionals, God's going to be good to me. But I've been doing wrong all week. Come on, I, I know I'm preaching this morning, right? I, I, I've, been, I've been doing wrong all life. I got caught. Now I'm in jail. Now my parole board hearing is up. Let me show that I've been a good inmate these last six months. But I've been a menace the whole time I've been here. Oh, uh, Mr. Johnson, can you write me a letter for my court date? You ain't done nothing to comply with probation. But you want me to write you a letter because you got court coming up. Oh, we do the same thing. I know I got a, pro I, I got a promotion coming up, so you know what? Let me come to church again, y'all. You ain't seen me in weeks, months. Hey, good to see you, brother. Good to see you, sister. Yep, I got a promotion coming up. I got something I want from God. Oh, let me talk. Let, let, let me be all the way real. Y'all wasn't ready for this, right? I ain't been good to my wife in a long time. I've been, do, I've been, I've been, I've been pushing her on the back end. I haven't paid her no attention, no mind. So you know what I do? Let me show up with 12 dozen roses. Here's a dozen roses from the bottom of my heart, right? Or my, my husband ain't been, I, I, haven't, I haven't been submissive to my husband in a long time. So you know what? I'm just going to come in. I'm going to cook his favorite meal. I'm going to do something nice. Because all that bad, all that, I got to make up for that. I've been acting bad all week. I just said, I don't, got, I don't have no sense. This is what, between us and God now. I've been doing my own thing, running my own routes. I don't care no more. But you know what, God? Let me offer you my sacrifices. Samuel said, why didn't you just obey God? Why? It was them, y'all. The soldiers did it. Samuel's reply is, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? It sounds like he's getting poetic, but he's not. He said, you, you think God really want that? You think, you, you think God... I like how he says delight. You think that excites God? That you offer up a hundred thousand sacrifices? You think God is pleased that you said a hundred Hail Marys? You think God is pleased because you did charity work and philanthropy work? You think God is pleased because you cheated on your wife? But you thought, you know what? Let me bring her 12 dozen roses and her favorite candy. You think God is, you think your wife is pleased that you've been unfaithful to me? But here you come with all these gifts and teddy bears? Oh, I got another one, parents. You think you're, you being absent in your kid's life? You think bringing them teddy bears and, 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 and toys makes up for your absence? Not at all. These presents can't replace your presence. So you think offering up to God these things, these inanimate things, these dead things, can replace obedience? 
Samuel said, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as he does in obeying the voice? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I can get away with, yeah, I'll be at church every Sunday. I'll be on Bible study every Wednesday. I'll be at everything. I'm always giving them my time and sacrificing, and, but I'm out here living wild. You think God is pleased with your... Isaiah 59, God said, y'all out here living wild, sick, and foul, but you walk around here weak because you're fasting. You think I want that kind of fast? I don't want that kind of fast where you... you you fasting on food. See, we, we, we play with this fasting stuff, right? Oh, I, I, I fast on social media this week. Man, stop. Half of us forget our passwords. Most of us don't need to be on social media at work anyway. Amen. Lights. I, I fasted on uh, music. Man, get up, man. A biblical fast is abstaining from food. You take a break from social media, good. You take a break from TV, good. A fast is abstaining from what your body needs, which is food. If I can reject what my body needs, I most certainly can reject what it doesn't need, which is sin. So you think Isaiah is saying God don't want that kind of fast where you out here starving yourself, but you wicked and disobedient? Same thing Samuel said. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as he does in obeying his voice? To obey is better than sacrifice. It's better to be faithful to your spouse than to bring in all these gifts and stuff thinking that makes up for it. Y'all don't like that. That's cool. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. Look how he put it, though. When you disobey God's word, he calls it rebellion. He puts our disobedience of God's word, rebellion, in the same place that he puts divination, occult practices, witchcraft. The same way you disobey my word. Oh, that's on par with people out here getting tarot card readings and palm readings and voodoo. Oh, y'all didn't like that, though, huh? Y'all don't like that. Because I ain't over there, you know what I'm saying, in these streets calling up spirits. But your disobedience smells just as bad. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. See, uh, a surrendered heart, a a dedicated heart, a faithful, obedient heart is more delightful to God than what we consider sacrifices. This is why Jesus say, look, man. Don't bring me no gifts. Don't bring me no gift. Knowing I got an issue with Eddie. Me and Eddie got a problem. Don't, don't offer me nothing. I don't want roses. I don't want a sweet, smelly savor. I don't want none of that until you go get right with Eddie. But then, you know, we sophisticated. Well, he got a problem with He better come to me. That ain't what the Bible say. The Bible say go. If I know I have an art with my brother, Go. Right. If I've offended my brother, I shouldn't wait and sit back and be like, you know what? I did any wrong, but I'm going to see if he say something. No, the Bible say go. So Jesus said, don't bring me none of that fake stuff because that stuff stinks. It smells good to you. But to me, oh, that's a foul stench. That's a foul smelling odor. That's foul. Right. What was obvious to Samuel was oblivious to Saul. 
Samuel like, bro, you tripping, bro? Solemn, completely oblivious. He just got all kind of excuses. I don't know where you are this morning, church. You know where you stand with God. You know where you stand with, with God in terms of your walk and your lifestyle. Do you need to do better? Can we do better? Can we all do better? Of course, right? Am I, am I faithful to God's word? Am I obedient to God's word? Am I true? Now, here's the true, here's the true, uh, here's the true test, right? I saw this meme last night on Facebook. It was funny. It said, the same voice you used to yell, representative, on the phone, that's your true self. Some of y'all got it. The way you... <laughs> Who you are when you alone and private. See this public stuff right here, y'all? I can fake, I can fool y'all. Oh, hey, hey, sister Rona. Amen. Got it. God is so good. Hallelujah. I am just too blessed to be stressed. But y'all, favor ain't fair. Right? We got all kind of catchphrases and colloquialisms. But who I am when I get in my car, when I turn on some murder music and some violence. When I get home and I'm just talking out the side of my neck to my family, and then I can get online and talk even more slick because there's no accountability, that's who I really am. Oh, yeah, amen. It's quiet, huh? Who I really am is when I'm, I'm with that, that coworker that I don't like, and we private. And what's going on in my head is coming out of my mouth. That's who I really am. Who I really am is when I, I'm, at this, I'm, I'm at the house, I'm, I'm, I'm around the saints. And that Christian that I just don't get along with, we meet in the foyer. That's who I really am. Do I walk right past like I don't see him, Sister Stovall? Do I, hey. <laughs> am I fake? That's who I really am. That's who we really are. So the question is, is but, hey, Jesus said, blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. You've heard the word today. I went way longer than I expected. But I'm going to tell you how the spirit works. I'm up here sweating, sweating through all these clothes. But if I take this off, I'm cold and freezing. Because I'm still coming off of whatever cold-like symptoms I have. Spirit said, I'm going to give you some more energy. You think you're going to be quick? Nah, bucko, I got you. You're going to say this, and they're they going to like it or they're not. Look, man, the, the choice is yours. When you hear God's word, what do you do with it? Do you obey it? Do you keep it? Now, we all have a moment where, let, let's be honest, let's be honest. There's a moment when we hear God's word where it's like decision time. Do I do it? Y'all got time for a quick testimony? No, y'all ain't got time for no testimony. Oh, man. I don't know if I told this here or not. I told it at San Mateo. Back-to-back days, right? Minding my good own black-owned business. Trying to exit the freeway, right? Turn on my blinker, Bishop Stovall. Do the right thing, Sister Stovall. Turn on my blinker. And you know what? For some reason, people see you, you turn on your blinker and they speed up. Well, I can play that game too, so you know what? I'm just going to get over. This man goes to the shoulder of the lane to jump right back in front of me, and I have to swerve so I don't hit him. Normally, Eddie, I just keep it pushing, but this time, you got the right one today. I'm trying, to, I'm trying my hardest to get over to look, to, to stare him down and roll my window down. But I just can't. The cars keep coming. My office on Lakeshore, so this is the, this the, this the Lakeshore exit where Trader Joe's is. He pulls over and gets on the side of the road. I said, oh, he's, he's, he's asking me to approach him. So I'm trying to get over, Bishop Heard. I'm trying my best to get over and I can't get over. 
he gets out of his car and walks on and goes about his day. I'm trying to get over to get in this man's face. Y'all don't hear me. I'm a violence prevention professional. I de-escalate situations. Y'all don't hear me. I'm ready. I choose violence. But God is preventing me from... I'm hot, though. So in, my, in the moment, it ain't thank you, Lord. In the moment... I get to the office and I got to vent and tell my coworker. She said, man, that's your ego. I don't want to hear that. He was wrong. And then I thank God for protecting babies and fools. Next day, next day, go to the office, straighten up my office, hear loud commotion. Coworker went upstairs. Did you hear that? Did you see that? I'm like, no, my back was turned to the window. I got a nice office view. I could see, I could see the lake. Shooting happened right in front of my office. One car was chasing another car, hit the car. That car hit another car. They hop out with guns and machetes, back window, bust it out. Let me go across the street and check to see if the lady's okay. I could have minded my black owned businesses to throw off, but the spirit said go. It was a mess, melee. OPD said, we're not even coming. That's where y'all tax dollars get us. Luckily, the fire department drove by and they was able to phone, radio it in to OPD. So I'm waiting with the young lady, even though I got to go to court with a client. So whoever was in the car caused the, the lady who was hit. That car was being chased by another car, which was stolen. So then we go look in the car. It's a bunch of fake money in the car. Bishop heard this money look real. So y'all don't hear me. Y'all holy and righteous 24-7. <laughs> Ray, that's how we know it's fake. <laughs> so you know me, let me grab this money and scratch. Oh, it's fake. But you know what? There was a part of me for a second that said, this, these look so real, I could benefit from this. See, y'all don't hear me. Nah, y'all don't hear me. Y'all judging right now. I'm thinking, man, I'm past this. Why, am I, why, why is this burning urge in me to take this money and go get more of this money? And I realized, man, this is spiritual warfare every single day. But it's warfare, though. Like, there's casualties on these sides. People die out here. And some of us spiritually die every day. We choose death when we are supposed to be a living sacrifices and dying to our flesh. That was a test for me. Nobody knew that. Wasn't going to share that with nobody. And still I started talking about the heart. And I realized, man, I still got heart issues. I don't always want to do the right thing. Sometimes I want to do what suits me. Sometimes I want to do what I can get away with. But then I realize to obey is better than sacrifice. And blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. Stand on your feet, church. I want to read... One last verse to you, and we're done. I won't even preach it. This comes from Psalms 139. Y'all know we love to quote this chapter, right? I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
But let's deal with the last end of it. David says in verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You understand how real this is? David said, man, search my heart and show me my error. Look at my heart, Lord. Evaluate my heart and show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I'm filthy. Show me where I need improvement. Test me. Y'all know, do y'all ask for tests? You know what, God? I'm feeling pretty test. I'm feeling pretty worthy of a test today. Go ahead and send me a test. Anybody ever said that? You know what, God? It's been a while since I've been through a storm. Go ahead and send one my way. David said, this is a prayer. Search me, God. Nobody knows me like you do. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive ways in me. This is young and old. And lead me in the everlasting way. Blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. Because to obey is better than sacrifice. Father God, we thank you for today and this day right now. Some of us, Father, are still deciding if we want to give you our heart. Father, help us to be like David, whenever we fall short and sin, help us to have a heart that chooses you, one that is penitent, where we truly repent and change. Help us stop playing games. Father, we know we're not going to be flawless. There will be challenges and trials and tests and storms. Like Eddie said, Father, sometimes we're going to pass, sometimes we'll fail, but we got every day is an opportunity to change. Every moment we open our eyes is an opportunity to learn and to grow. So help us in this journey, Lord. We need you. Be with everyone right now in this room where we stand in need. Father, where we are doing good, help us do better. Where we feel like we've fallen short, Father, give us the strength to stand and be steadfast and unmovable, not wavering, but abounding in your work, knowing that laboring for you is not in vain. Father, someone in this room is in pain, physical, chronic pain. Please give strength and relief and healing. Someone is in mental anguish. Please, Father, calm the anxiety and may your spirit overwhelm those who are dealing with mental and emotional anguish. Father, we know that you hear our prayers, but help us to hear you and hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.